Hey there, and welcome to episode 61 of the Better With Running podcast. My name is Matt Davey, run to pb coach and marathoner, and alongside me are my co-host, and the first time for a couple of weeks uh, that we've actually been on the mics together is Zach and Newman, mate. How are you on this uh, cold, wintry, <laughs> long yeah. morning? <laughs> Great to be back, Matt uh, Yeah, happy to get the get the gig again after a couple of uh, Jack Davies doing a, a cracking job and I've got my voice back after um, getting a bit excited watching watching the Euros it, uh yeah I was lucky I actually didn't uh, take up a mate's offer to go and uh, watch that at the Crafters Choirs because I would have been in a bit of bit of trouble I was uh, watching that from on the safety of my couch but uh, yeah good to be back it's um yeah lots been happening in the last few weeks uh, between yeah. the both of us and and the running world and yeah we've got another big episode mate to um yeah, some of the pop our popular segments back uh shoe chat with uh with the shoe dog himself sammy mclean we're actually going to be um videoing that also our mattress so um the listeners can also jump on and um and see some of the shoes that we're talking about in this uh, in that episode yeah so it'll be a good a good bit of a mix up there a good bit of a change and yeah get to see the shoes that, that sammy's talking about about um himself yeah, now how have you traveling, mate? Um, it was um, yeah, obviously a lot going on in terms of rejigging for races, but training-wise, you you get going. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a, I guess a bit of a roller coaster week. I found, um, and yeah, started out just with an easy Monday run, uh, seventy-five minutes. I've upped that to seventy-five minutes. I've slowly built it out. Um, I won't go any higher than seventy-five minutes. I'll um, I'll gradually put in another. Uh, or a double run for that day. I don't mind the um the double run on the Monday, but I'll probably drop it back to 60-30 um, for that eventually in the next probably couple of weeks. Uh, and just a bit of a gym session. And yeah, I like getting in the gym on the Monday. I usually have the time there to do that and <coughs> try to keep all the niggles and everything away. Do you do that before, uh, post or, or you do that in the morning and do the run at night or has, what's the... Yeah, I, I actually do the run in the morning and then I'll um I'll do the gym session in the afternoon. Um and then if yeah, when I start doing the double on the Monday, I'll I'll do the the morning a bit longer, around 60 minutes, and then I'll do the gym session probably at least oh, at least three hours before then um punching out an easy, easy arbo run. It's funny, mate, it's it's amazing how good you can feel coming off a gym mm. session. Um yeah, like two or three hours before and getting into that Arbo run, just everything seems to be clicking and, and activated and, um, yeah. yeah, you can cruise along pretty easy. Um, and then on the Tuesday, so, yeah, like we, we had the build for Gold Coast um, Half Marathon. Um, obviously, I unfortunately didn't go ahead. Um, I still got that in the legs, but I found that I really needed to up the um, – Put, put a few more sessions around that sort of 5k 10k pace uh in just to get that faster turnover going as yeah they got on the cards uh run melbourne 10k which is looking very unlikely to be running on the weekend coming up um and i reckon yeah albert park 10k which is still a few weeks off um i reckon that's that's a definitely achievable hopefully if we can get everything under under control um that's kind of like I guess the main race that I'm trying to build for at this rate before, uh, yeah, then getting into a bit of a marathon build. Um, so yeah, just trying to get some some faster turnover before that. So yeah, we sort of been we've been messaging actually throughout the week and yeah. ended, up, <laughs> ended up pushing out the same sessions. <laughs> I was going to say we've, we've married each other in terms of sessions. Um, we have this week. Yep, um, we were doing some virtual session offs. Uh, yeah. Fact, and you got me by 7k i think all going to my week later but um i think it was 7k extra oh. 118k for the week yep yep all right so there we are um, well yeah this one we both did the six by 1k off 90 seconds recovery um and i've done it before around uh down in mornington 
Uh, it's a place called Narambi, and it's a 700-meter loop. Uh, and I like to, I mean, it could be G, it's probably a little bit GPS friendly, but I do like it because it gives me the chance to compare against other times that I've done this yeah. session. Um, and I know if I can get them all under three minutes around this, around the park there, then I'm starting to tick along okay and, and managed to do that. So I went 258, uh, 259, 57, 59, 58, and then 257 to finish um fantastic work what's the surface you got there yeah just like a a gravel gravel surface um, gravel yeah yeah it's like i mean it's flat but there is sort of one little well, i mean it's a, a little dipper not a big dipper but a little dipper yeah. um it just dips down and comes back up again there's there's um there's one turn that's fairly sharp um but apart from that yeah it's it's a um pretty pretty good surface so the one thing is occasionally you get um it can be quite busy and you get a few stray dogs running around <laughs> yapping at yeah yapping at the ankles um so with the loop you do the seven you go 700 and then another 300 through and then jog back to the start as your recovery yeah i'll go 700 uh so yeah i'll go um 700 then finish that the k off so that 300 like you say there um and then just jog up i don't know i jog up probably uh 30 or 40 meters up from where I finish and then do the mm -hmm. same um, loop around. And I end up finishing where I um, started that first rep again. So it sort of breaks it, I guess, up into, yeah, okay. I can almost find it more like um, three sets of two rather than yeah. six one Ks. It kind of breaks up. So, you, you know, when you've got two one K reps left, it's kind of like one set to go. Um, mm. And I find that that just breaks it up a lot easier. Um, yeah, it's and, a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I found that, like, I don't know, that sort of seems to be working for me. And, and it definitely worked, um, yeah, on the Tuesday. And then, yeah, I'd been reading um, book, the Bill Bauman uh, book, Bauman and the Men of Oregon. And mm -hmm. in there, he talks about getting his athletes um, to finish exhilarated and not exhausted. Um, and I kind of had that in the back of my mind when I was doing the session because I got to the sixth one and finished that off. And I was like, oh, I could definitely drop a seventh here. But I reckon if I do that seventh, I might end up end up feeling exhausted. And then that means Wednesday yeah. is just going to hurt so much more. And then that'll mean Thursday is tougher. And then Friday, and just you get that lingering fatigue um, from that session. So, yeah, I had that in the back of my mind and ended up, yeah, just just pulling it at six and not getting the seventh done and and ended up yeah coming off wednesday um i get up pretty early on wednesday morning to get 80 minutes in over the hills around home um and yeah around 230 meters of elevation uh and yeah. average 432 so that one yeah i do find that the hardest run of the week um, yeah it is <laughs> especially <laughs> off, a, off a hard i mean you know six six by one k at that pace isn't an easy one to come up off um mm. bit tight, and then, yeah and then yeah you're only you're like what, 12 hours um mm. post session and yeah i like i don't need anything before that wednesday run um so you can go in a little bit fatigued but i think that's like yeah it's almost marathon specific because you're going into it tired you're going over some hills um and so it is, I do find it good for the strength, but that means I need to really uh, make sure that I do have an easy run in there in, in during the week. And, and so that's what I guess Thursday is about that. But I also chuck in um, this time, I, I put in eight 30 second surges, which I've been doing um, the last couple of weeks. Cause I find I just, otherwise I can just get that little bit stale if I keep um, jogging through Thursday and Friday real easy. Um, mm. And then, yeah, so Thursday, 60 minutes. And then Friday, I did feel pretty rubbish, but that was the day that we'd, we'd gone into lockdown. And I found actually there was um, quite a few of my athletes and, and a few other friends I was talking to. And a lot of people had that sort of fatigue either on the, the Thursday, yeah. the Friday or the Saturday um, yeah. or across the whole three days. And, and I, I, I just put that down to the bit of lockdown fatigue on that Friday. I don't know if you felt the same, Zachary. Yeah, I did actually on that one. I, I did get out, but um, yeah, it was just a real... <laughs> A real shuffle and uh, yeah i think everyone was just feeling the fatigue uh, yep. feeling just a bit let down i guess um as mm. to what we were probably what was on the horizon yep yeah absolutely yeah that that, that sort of let down fear isn't it and, and there's the unknown too um yeah and i, I gotta say though typically a friday like 
I know going into a workout, I'm always sort of in a bit more protective mode. So I find that Friday, I do really just shuffle around. I just want to tick it off, end of a work week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do, it is, it's already a, for me, um, yeah, one of my, probably my toughest run. I, yeah, I know Wednesday, when I'm up and going, I don't mind Wednesday, but Friday can be, um, can always be one of those ones where you just sort of tick in the box. Yeah, 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 totally agree. Yeah, because it's, and, but it's yeah, I do find I feel better after it. The majority of the times it's just, it is pretty, can be a bit challenging to get out there, get the motivation yeah. to get out there. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, because I was actually planning on doing 50 minutes, but I just dropped it to 40. I noticed my heart rate was a lot higher and and then I wasn't actually sure how Saturday might go. Um, and then we sort of discussed around what sort of session with Brady as well. And he'd mentioned mm. doing the um, four by six minutes with the 90 second surge in there. Um, and you said, yeah, that you were keen on doing that. So I jumped on board as well. Um, and then, yeah, went out to uh, just, yeah, just what in the 5k bubble thing down at um, Stumpy Gully Road in Muraduck. And geez, it was a bit of a um, horrible day though. Wet, windy, yeah. Um, yeah, not ideal sessioning conditions. And um, But yeah, I, I was really happy with how that session went and I've done like those those sessions with surges in the in the middle as well uh, I've never done it off 90 seconds and um like a, this one really I guess resonated with me with how I was feeling because I know I can it kind of gives me a bit of a license to pull back that first um like section where it's sort of targeting I guess around half marathon effort it just yeah it actually really allows me to relax and then I, I think I've only got 90 seconds to um to really kick it down so I can get through that. And then they've only got four of those 90 second surges. Um, you know, so I felt like it was a good session in the way I was feeling as well as um, leading into hopefully Albert Park 10K in a few weeks. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so that was a, a was an um, enjoyable session to get done. Um, so it's a dead straight road there. I've, I've run all along. I think, well, I've driven it. I don't know if I've run there with you. I know we did run down that way, but. I don't think I've um, actually run on the famous Stumpy Gully Road, but you picked up the course record there. A five, there's a, what is it? Stumpy Gully. I'm just going to your uh, Strava, E to B. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we um, because Stumpy Gully Road really, it's actually a real long road. It goes from Maruduck all the way to Balnaring. And we ran sec- part of it, but not this part. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's basically just dead straight. Um, yeah. And so, uh, one of our great mates, Dane Verway, he's, he had the segment, um, yeah, and I knocked him off uh, by, nice. by a few seconds or so. Yeah, so E to B is Eremosa Road to Bungower Road. Um, ah, yeah, that's what that stands for. Yeah, so that was um, yeah, I went out one have... way and back mm-hmm. another, and then, um, and then I did find it very. So the first rep was with, I guess it was it was kind of a side. Uh, more of a, it was more a tailwind, but it was also a bit of a bit more of a crosswind as well. Uh, but then coming back, it, it seemed to pick up a lot. Um, There's a cracking photo of you, mate, with the uh, with the main just being blown in the wind. <laughs> yeah, you can see the the actual wind yeah. coming in with that photo. Fully kitted out too, mate. Yeah, the race kit. Yeah, not, yeah race I need. Kit. Yeah, that's all I've said before. If I um, it's like going to work and I, like if I'm feeling a bit rubbish, I'll chuck a suit on or something just to I don't know, perk me up a bit. Same with the same with the running. So, yeah, I, I full race kitted out. I, I had a goo, I had a gel before the run. As nice. Well. Oat run soft, oat running soft. Yeah. 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 yeah singlet as well. Like, geez, it wasn't that warm. What time are you out there at? Yeah. I think it started just after 8. 8.40. Uh, yeah, I reckon we'll probably similar time there. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I think, we, I think we were. Um, yeah, it was brisk. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I warmed up pretty quick, so I, was, I wasn't too too phased with that. It was more like when the cool down hit. Um, I really rugged up on that one. Um, but, yeah, I, I got the first two. I went out and back for the well, – so out for the first one, back for the second one. And then Gemma was there as well, and she mentioned, oh, do you want me to drive down and pick you up? and and do the last two with a tailwind and yeah so i i sort of um yeah (laughs) i felt i felt a bit soft but i did go for that option um and i I think it was because i really wanted to kick down um Mm. and that second rep i I had a look on my strava later as well i didn't really kick down at all actually got slower um 
I think, in the, in the actual kickdown section because of the headwind. Yeah. Um, because of the, the point in which you, you hit that time at 90, with 90 seconds to go, it's, it's directly into a headwind. So I, um, I decided I'd, in order to make sure that I would manage to get the kickdowns done, I, I did take that soft option and, and get picked up down the road a bit and then <laughs> drop back off in my car for a warm down. Um, and then, yeah. Then so we, looking uh, at it, yeah. So you, you're starting at about 3.15 pace and getting down to, because it's hard to pick it up on the Strava. Um, yeah, it is hard, hey. What, um, what you're, when you're dropping it down, where is it yeah. going down to? Yeah, it was going down to around um, three minute pace for yeah, the, um, solid. for the kick down sections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah there's like a, a bit of a yeah. What is it? Sort of a kick down like two fifty seven. Yeah, just under around three minutes. Um, it's great. You can you know at the back of that four minutes in four and a half in you can you can move from that three to ten fifteen pace right down. Mm, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, that's, and, and it really feels that, especially that last rep, it felt like coming into sort of the seventh, eighth K of a, of a 10 K, like the fatigues in the yeah. legs, you've got to try to really work and focus to, um, to actually increase the pace um, and really get the power up there. And so, yeah, it was a, it's a very nice sort of specific 10 K session. Um, yeah, it is. I think, um, yeah, well, we'll hear you talk about it later as well, but I, I think you might have found a bit the same. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday I was actually back out to Stumpy Gully and, and just in the hour 50 along the, along the road there, uh, trying to just basically out and back. And, yeah, it's a nice run. It takes you past a few different wineries and cider places. And, yeah. It's funny how, um, you know, even in this um, lockdown bubble, 5K rags, whatever, um, and even – as runners, we get used to running around the same same spots and same locations. But I, I you know, you do Stumpy Gully one day in a session, but you should still run on it. But I, I do the same at the boulevard. I'll do all my easy runs and do sessions, but it never it feels different each day. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether what's going on in your head that day or um, the the what you're doing, what what the goal of the session is, it just mm. it, you can sort of just detach from your location and you can just get into it and. I know, you know, some people really like to mix up their locations for sessions, but I, I tend to find that um, it doesn't really phase me if I'm on the same same route um, day in, day out. I know yeah. that's part of our, some of our runners' uh, mentality is that, yeah, we can sort of just switch into different gears. And, and I think when you know what the purpose of the run is, it, that the location doesn't really matter. I think the Sunday run... Um, you know, when you've got a bit more flexibility to go around and, you know, change up locations and the terrain, um, there's definitely, it's also time as well. Like, you know, mm. we're all trying to fit this in off coming out of the house rather than driving to locations um, yep. when you can. So, yep. yeah, it's just interesting. You see, um, yeah, Stumpy Gully two days in a row. but <laughs> Two days in a row. I'd... But you're right. And even like the weather was um, mm. really different. You know, you, you plugged in a different podcast. Um, yeah. You know, they're, it's a it is amazing like i didn't even like feel like i'd ran in the same place mm. um even though obviously you had um yeah yeah you're exactly right there i reckon it is a lot to do with that runner's mentality um yeah and there's a bit of that familiarity like i know sometimes in an arvo uh, on an easy day where i'm like need to get myself up and I, I, I can just sort of visualize where I'm going to run to. I know the location so well. It's like, oh, I know once I get to this point, um, you know, 3K in that, you know, I'll get over the bridge or I get to this part of the part of my regular 50, 60 minute loop. Uh, yeah, I feel good at that point. And then it just, it's just easier. There's no, you know, it, the unknown isn't there. It's just like, mm. I can just mentally tick it off and it, just getting out the door, it does make it a bit easier. I think when you know, you know, your, your routes a lot. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep, and and then it like a, I mean, it, it is good to get out and explore, but it, yeah, mm-hmm. when you don't have the time and you've got that, <laughs> you've only five k bubble, five k yeah. bubble, yeah, you, you've got to kind of appreciate your surroundings, and we are very lucky in the types of places that we have in our five k bubbles that we can get around to. So, um, mm. yeah. That was the end of the week, 113 Ks, which is pretty similar to the last week in terms of mileage. And um, yeah, hopefully, well, it's not looking too good for Run Melbourne next week, but yeah, mm-hmm. still, um, yeah, we've got Albert Park as a backup. So that's, that's a pretty damn good backup. 
Yeah, exactly, mate. No, that's a, that's a cracking week. And I think your average of your last four weeks is 104. Mm. Okay. It's got that side-by-side comparison. As, we, as yeah. we're starting to get back to the, um, to the days of uh, kind of duking it out again, especially if, you, if we both, um, both of us heading towards Melbourne and then on a similar timeline um, for that 10K, potentially at Albert Park or I yeah. know we, we spoke about uh, maybe putting in a time trial if you can't and whether that's a virtual one, we may just have to go back to the, what was it, March last year when we did yep. um, 5K on the same day. Um, yeah, to, yeah, that's what we did yeah. too. Um, but yeah, my week, um, yeah, yeah, after, week yeah, after having uh, a couple of weeks sort of down off the back of that taper or the false taper into into the Gold Coast Marathon that was, was, wasn't meant to be this year. I, um, yeah, I've just sort of enjoyed um, just jogging and taking my time with it before getting into sessions until the last, um, obviously last few weeks have um, started to integrate them again. And it was good to, um, yeah, tee up a couple of similar sessions. And uh, I think we're both, we're obviously coming at it from different angles. I was sort of been building pretty, pretty earnestly for Gold Coast and building up a pretty big base, but a lot of my sessions have been marathon specific. And I think um, in chatting with yourself and Brady and um, this sort of period of utilizing that base, but now getting to tap in and get some speed back in the legs and doing some of these shorter sessions. Um, so yeah, like a 20, 25 minute session is something I haven't been doing. I've been doing some 40, 50, 60 minute plus sessions. So um, yeah, and it was sort of nice to switch the focus and, and head into a couple of, um, you know, sessions like this, the six by one K, which you also did off the 90 seconds. Um, yeah, really enjoyed. I haven't done that off 90 seconds for a long time. Went to the Yarra, uh, Yarra Boulevard, uh, just got a three minute uh, section or, you know, K section that I can go up and back on. And I actually, um, just to try and what I've been finding in workouts is that uh, because I've been doing a lot of marathon base workouts previously i'd sort of just click into 325 320s just almost automatically at the start of sessions and even when i've tried to do shorter things it's taken a while to get the engine you know just to get the wheels moving so um i did some 30 second pickups before the workout before starting those six by 1k because 1k reps you got to get out and be pretty aggressive um you know as opposed to say 2k or you know longer reps so these 1k reps and given they're off a short recovery i really wanted to hit them pretty strong um but yeah got out got out strong after doing those 30 sets i think they really helped um throw sixes throw fours i was probably holding i was sitting in there and i think that's somewhere between where i'm at with the five 5k 10k at the moment um and i think that's coming off that base i think it'll, it'll come down a lot quicker um, just because I'm coming probably from a strength standpoint. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, enjoyed that. Got it done. Uh, yeah, it's looking good. And then you, for that 90 seconds, you jog, slow jog, walk, or what's the... Yeah, I was that recovery? slow jog, but um, I'd have to have a look at how slow I was going. I was, yeah, just sort of shuffling along. Yeah. Because... I know with the 60-second recovery, yeah, it goes, goes pretty quick. But, yeah, the 90-second one, you can just, um, yeah, that extra 30 seconds, mm. really trying to consciously slow it right down in the last 30 seconds so I can um, be, be aggressive and attack that uh, those 1K reps. That's a good session there because, like you said, you haven't really done that sort of a, a, um, a session for quite some time where, like I'm sure if you um, went out and did, you know, tried to hit 320s, the three three twenty fives. You'll just you know that's a, that's big. What you've worked at for quite some time. So yeah. this is a real bit of a different stimulus for you, and still came out quite good. Yeah, and um, what I'm you know pulled up really good the next day. Um, all my runs, like I just feel like um, I'm flowing across the ground a lot better on the easier runs. Um, yeah, I'm not pace isn't kicking up by any stretch and I'm not even focusing on doing that, but it is just feeling the effort wise are just, just coming out um, a lot easier. Mm. Uh, I think it's just a sign of, um, yeah, when you, when you start to get those sessions back in the legs, you just uh, mechanically, you start to move a bit better across the ground. 
And then, yeah, heading into um, to Saturday, um, yeah, we both uh, had the same workout, the four by six minutes. I did mine on the, on the Yarra Boulevard, or as uh, Daniel Volkopol yeah. on a run to BB actually. It's referred yeah. to as Dirty Boulevard reps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he is the mayor down there, so you've got to make sure, um, yeah, make sure you get the Local legend? Yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's always out there pumping out some sessions. But, yeah, it's um, another one I – because I was actually going to run Bandura, the, um, the, the 10K cross um, at the start of the week. And then obviously as things turned pear-shaped and um, we weren't able to get out there, um, I still wanted to go into Saturday with a really pretty strong workout and knowing this four by six minutes with a, with a good strong 90 second, um, last 90 seconds was going to be, I think, a good way to really test myself. And um mm. Yeah, I, similar to you, Matty, I, I, um, I thought I, 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 to be honest, I thought I would be able to kick down a bit more. And I almost, in this one, and it's a good, it's a good yardstick for me to go back to, um, you know, in three, four weeks to see where I'm at. Because, again, just I can get into that sort of 308, 310. Um, but I found as I tried to push it that 90 seconds, my effort was there, like I'd, I'd consciously push, but the pace just didn't come down. And I think it's just, I still need to unlock a bit more um, in the legs just from doing some of the shorter workouts. So um, was consistent. And um, I think we ended up averaging pretty much the same pace. Exact same pace, um, yep. Except yeah. though you did do the two-minute jog at the end. So, and yeah, two minutes slower, um, yeah. What? Yeah, my theory around that was... Yeah, what's um, your theory there? Yeah, I've, I've, I've done this in the past a little... Just coming back to work out is just um, getting used to feeling like if I could do another rep um, at the end. So just wanted to see, stimulate, okay, if I had to go and do another one, how like how fatigued I am. And sometimes when I finish those workouts, if I'm absolutely like bent over and, and spent, it's like, well, yeah, possibly gone you know above that line for a workout so almost back to your um exhausted and exhilarated sort of um mm. <laughs> bowman um yeah. theory it's yeah just want to make just be still in tune then okay and by the time i recovered i was like okay i, I really could push out another one if i have to yeah um won't do that in every every session but it's um it's good particularly knowing that maybe three four weeks off uh, those marathon workouts, those bigger workouts will start to come back in. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah. You're trying to clock a couple, couple a bit more <laughs> mileage there. You know, if you, you could yeah. do meters by chucking on that in the last two minutes. No, no I like that I, idea. I think that's a good idea. I, I did find, um, I know chatting to Brady about this workout, he was, he was sort of consciously saying, look, make sure you really give yourself a, a good recovery so mm -hmm. you can get in. But I think, um doing a lot of marathon workouts where you're just constantly kind of on the move i did find it a bit harder to off the recovery just to really slow down like into that real shuffle you just still still kind of keep moving um, yeah, especially i think with the um with the did you have the super shoes on do you have your next percent yeah, yeah yeah i had the next percent on so yeah yeah and i find it when i've got those i don't know it just you get that bounce off in it and and um, you still um, the foot placement of it is still using it quite mm. well, so it's still you're ticking along, and you know you might be going at four minute k's or four tens or something. Yeah. It feels like as if you're going five minute k's. Um, yep. Yeah, correct. You know, you're coming off three tens down to to try and then go to four fifties for recovery. Mm. It's, it's it feels like you're walking. Down. Yeah, within two minutes. With so. the difference there, yep. Yeah, nice, but, um. Good week. And then, yeah, finished off the Sunday with an hour 40 again. So two weeks of hour 40. Uh, I tend to go off time. Um, I know with a lot of our um, athletes I coach, we, we go on time and sort of mm -hmm. rather than distance in terms of um, that Sunday runs and, and easy runs. So I'm in that phase where yeah, I'll put together a couple more, you know, couple of our 40s in i'll start to move to our 50 to two hours um mm. over the next few weeks as um as we get more clarity around uh, as i start to plan for melbourne marathon and other events yeah yeah nice field get... isn't it? like those blue bars are rising nice rising steadily yeah it's good to it's good to just have um and i know um we, we obviously have um some races that we're we're sort of 
I know run Melbourne for yourself and a lot of run BB athletes were, were looking to do. But I think that now just sort of with focusing in on a block, and I know what I've spoken to you about it, Matt, is to say, okay, in four weeks, let's hit a 10K regardless. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can just sort of get your head around doing that, um, I'm actually enjoying now this um, phase of rebuilding into sort of 10K fitness. and. Yep so utilizing that build up to the marathon so um yeah it is a tough time for athletes out there but i I think also i guess we've just got to be fortunate we can keep training and Mm. use this as a chance to you know when we when we can go outside um you know really enjoy it yeah yeah that's right mate Super excited to have Sammy McLean, the shoe dog, fresh off, uh, just working a shift at the Yarra company, their running company, Yarraville, and uh, just about to set off to do some run to PV programming. Sammy McLean, welcome back to the show, mate. Yeah, good day, Matty. Good day, Zaka. How's things, guys? Hey, Sammy. How are you, mate? Good. Just, yep, yes. sitting in the lounge room in the studio <laughs> here. Yes, uh, yeah. Yeah. lockdown life. <laughs> Got a couple, no, a couple of audience couple, members are here. Yeah, a couple of golden retrievers sussing you out down there on the ground. So yeah, hopefully not no booing or any banter from them during the show. <laughs> Might get a cameo. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> hey, um, Sammy, always great to have you back on, and um, we put it out to the listeners to um, to fire through some questions that we'll um, we'll, we'll go through a little bit later in this um, in this. Es- uh, episode of shoe chat but um i guess we just want to bring you back to basics to um talk about with so many shoes evolving and you know new shoes coming out super shoes and all the rest of it but probably chatting more about the main components that go into to making and designing a shoe i think it's a really interesting point for um for listeners to get their head around you want to have a chat to us about that yeah sure i mean i reckon a good starting point in terms of like how a shoe is designed would be like for any of the viewers at home, if you just pulled out the, the sock liner from your, from a pair of shoes, most brands or actually all brands when their, their shoes are in production, they start with what's called a last. So the last is like, looks like the sock liner, but it's a much harder structure. And that's kind of like the starting point to the design of, of a shoe and everything's kind of built around that like it's almost like that's the chassis everything goes on top and below that so what goes on top of the last once it's kind of finished is you know you've got the upper and then below the last you've got the midsole and they're really the key components to to the shoes um you know and probably what influences and dictates how a shoe is going to you know work for someone or behave it's really more the midsole you know that's obviously what we focus a lot on in our chats during the shows and, you know, in the shop, um, you know, the upper is important, but, you know, all the magic's kind of down below here in the, in the midsole. Yeah. So, so, you know, like brands, obviously their shoes are mass produced. So they, they'll generally like design a lot of their shoes off just a really similar kind of last. Um, and then you can kind of see that when, you know, when you turn shoes upside down, like I've got a couple of different Nikes here, like if I kind of narrow in on them, you can kind of see the, that shape of the outer sole is very kind of similar through some different models there. If I was to do the same with a couple of um, like Hoka models here, again, different models, but just the, you know, the shape of the, the shoe has that similarity between it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of pretty much the key components to kind of, you know, the design around a shoe is that that last, you know, that's the starting point and everything's kind of built, built around that. So then, Sammy, what would you say the key specifications are to a shoe then? Yeah, I mean, the specs, like this is probably more the, you know, the, the types of conversations we have, you know, with customers um, you know, obviously the tech guys that work for all the brands, you know, they're a lot more kind of knowledgeable about this stuff. But, you know, in simple terms, you know, we, we kind of talk about things like, 
like say the offset of the shoe. So when we're, we're referring to the offset, we're talking about you know, the highest point in the rear foot of the midsole down to the lowest point in the forefoot of the midsole. So that's the offset there. You know, then we might refer to things like, like the stack of a shoe. So the stack of the shoe will be, you know, the, the height of, of the midsole, like how much actual stack is under that, that last there. Yeah, so that's the, you know, the total, total volume of, of the midsole. Um, you know, some other things we might focus on when we're talking about some specs of the shoe is, you know, like the heel counter. You know, so in this case, you can see like it really flares away from the, the heel here, you know, so it's not intruding in any way. Um, you know, other parts of a shoe that are, are pretty important when it comes to the specs would be, you know, when we're talking about the upper, things like the overlays. So, you know, aesthetically, it might just kind of look like some stitching and so forth on the upper. Overlays and things to do with the upper really determine like the lockdown of a shoe, you know. So, you know, is the shoe going to be nice and secure for someone here? You know, is it going to lock us in nicely through the rear foot? Um, so there's some of the kind of design features. Probably the other, you know, feature that we're seeing a lot these days across all brands is what we call like a, a rocket type geometry. I'll show you... Um, a couple of examples from my shoe bundle here. Like if you look at the this ASIC shoe here, like you can see that really pronounced forefoot running up, up there and like quite a beveled kind of heel as well. So that's a good example of a, of a rocket type shoe. Um, and you pretty much see that across the board now in all models. Like, you know, here's a, a peg here. We've got the, you know, fairly pronounced forefoot, kind of a bit of a beveled tapered off heel foot, uh, rear foot as well. Um, and then I think it was on actually our last episode, we talked a little bit about sole flaring. You know, this is something that's becoming a little bit more popular with brands, particularly to give a shoe some stability. So, you know, if you're looking at the, the Nike Invincible here, you can see how wide that the forefoot base of the shoe is there and that rear foot platform. So that's kind of what we talk about when we're referring to like the sole flaring of a shoe. Yeah, so that's a really kind of good example because you're not going to find many shoes that, you know, have that much width, width through the um, through the platform there. Yeah. So yeah, they're probably the key, key kind of components um, when we're talking about the specs of a, you know, of a running shoe. Yeah. And a, and a lot's changed over the, over the years and, um, been kind here, mate, but you've been around the traps for a while in the, in the running caper and with running shoes, but particularly over the past maybe five years, um, there's been a big shift and an evolution. Is there some things that you're, you're noticing and you want to touch on in that respect? Yeah, I mean, I reckon this is a really good one visually just to show a couple, say, older style, you know, racing shoes. So mm. if I pull out the... Uh, the fly knit streak here, like you can just see, you know, mm -hmm. when we're referring to say the stack height, like it's, there's really not a lot of foam underfoot there. How many mil would that be? Um, uh, <laughs> caught me off guard there, Zach. Yeah, I'd say right. just, just a, usually, yeah. 22, 23 yeah. mil maybe. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, or if I've got, I mean, this is a, this is the latest, Street 7, however, this shoe hasn't changed a lot, you know, in the past three or four iterations. You know, if you go back to, I think, probably the 2015, you know, all the big marathons that year, this this kind of, that that was the winning shoe. Yeah. You know, like that's what Kip Ogie was, was winning shoes in. Um, you know, and here we are kind of five years later and, you know, you can just see that change in, you know, stack underneath yeah, wow. the amount of foam, you know, yeah. the, the geometry of the shoe. Yeah, so there's been a lot of a lot of changes in um in racing shoes there. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and what about any changes uh, in the daily trainers? Yeah, probably across the board, just 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 the rocket shape of, of the shoes. You know, so uh, I've got an older style. Got the, the old peg 33 here. Mm. Um, 
you know, it just looks a lot kind of flatter mm. through through the shoe, you know, whereas a bit more of a, you know, a common kind of daily shoe, daily trainer these days, just, yeah, it's really got those pronounced rocker aspects. Mm. Um, you know, even like if you look at, say, what Hoka are doing here with this, this shoe, like you can see like how it's kind of a little bit kind of cut away through through the rear foot. So we're getting some, you know, some, some kind of quite innovative ways to disperse load when we're coming down through the, the heel as well, just with like little cutaways like that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, just going back to the design features, like, you know, just the way that heel counters are working. Like personally right now, I've got some Achilles issues and, and just having some heel counters that, don't intrude on the Achilles, make, it actually makes a big difference. Mm. Um, yeah, so some pretty kind of clear examples there just through, you know, the older style racing shoes, you know, mm -hmm. how flat, you know, they kind of look, not, not, not a lot of foam and now we're just, yeah, just plenty of plenty of foam and, um, you know, underfoot there. Yeah, and the weight's, hey, the was weight's a big... A, was that, that the shoe that... Was that the shoe that Kipchoge wore in a marathon and he was, wasn't was wearing them properly? And like the heel, I uh, thought like the inner sole came the out. Inner sole came the out, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know if it was a street. There is. The, is um, that it? I think it's actually, the, the, yeah, well, it, that was the streak. It probably would have been the streak five. So we're up to number okay. number seven here. But yeah, the um, there's a good photo of him. Well, maybe not so good, <laughs> yeah. but the, <laughs> the, the, sock, the sock line is basically like, like that and he's yeah he's yeah. I think it was the London Marathon 2014 yeah. or 2015. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah so you know it it's uh really come a long way in you know three, mm. four, five years. Yeah. Really really puts it in perspective seeing that streak and the and the next percent and the amount of foam that is in the back end of like the second half of that shoe is, is unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, well, even um, like this shoe, the the fly knit streak. I mean, that was I've got some photos from. I reckon it was the 2016 AB season, and I was I was just wearing that in every race, you know. Whereas mm. I kind of can't imagine putting something on so <laughs> so flat now without much kind of bounce and life to it. Um, mm. Yeah, it's probably going to be a bit of a collector's item soon. That um, this yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely amazing to to see the change, and and obviously over the last five years, there's been a huge shift in like compared to probably you know 30, 40 years. Um, like some of the biggest sort of shifts in shoes um, that we've seen for quite some time. Um, now we also had a we put out a uh, option for uh, some of our uh, Instagram followers to shoot through some questions, and we got uh, quite a few through, and we picked out some to. Sure. Um, shoot off to you, Sammy. So the first one came in from John. Uh, what are some good alternatives to super shoes uh, for tempo runs at the moment? Yeah, cool. I mean, we've, we've kind of got this whole like fast session category of shoes now. Um, so these are the, you know, like the sister shoes or the training companion shoes to the super shoes. Probably one thing I could say that's you know, a little bit different about a super shoe and a fast session shoe is probably how rigid the forefoot is. So if we look at the, the Vaporfly here, so the Nike super shoe, like you can see how that's really kind of stiff up through that forefoot. That's good in that, you know, it gives us that nice kind of responsive snappy feel off, off the road. But in training, sometimes, you, you know, it's nice to feel like a little bit of compliance under that part of the the foot. So if I showed you like a, you know, a, a, a really good fast session shoe, this is the, the Sockety Speed, you can just see there's a little bit more flex up through that forefoot. Yeah, so it's just, you know, you get a little bit more of a sense of what your toes are doing, what the foot's doing. It's not as snappy and it's not as kind of like fast off the, off the ground, but just a, almost a bit more of an accommodating type feel to the foot. Um, yeah, so, you know, going back to that that other point about how shoes have changed, like the, I've got an old, uh, what have we got here, the Zoom Elite 9, like that was quite a popular fast session shoe, I reckon, 
four or five years ago. Like a lot of people loved this shoe. It was almost like quite a hybrid model because you could, some people use it as a daily trainer. Um, you know, you could run half marathons in it. You know, it had quite a nice kind of waffle type outer sole to it. So it was quite versatile for things like, you know, firm grass races or gravel kind of runs. Um, but, you know, again, like that's kind of where fast session shoes were. And this is kind of where, where we are. Yeah. So you can, we've still got some of the similar components to a, to a super shoe. Like we can see that high stack, um, you know, a lot of foam underfoot, but just maybe not as rigid up through, through the forefoot. Yeah. It's probably going to be a super, you know, a broader range of runners as well. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that kind of, um, Helps no, John there with his, with, yeah. So, um, and, and talking more about super shoes, there's a question here from um, he's at Handles HSU, Michael. He's asking around marathon shoes, Vapor Fly versus Alpha Fly. Um, probably a probably a controversial one. I know a lot of people yeah. are talking about this one. What's what's your take on it? Yeah, yeah I mean, just from looking at runners i would almost say the more elite a runner they they seem to be gravitating more towards the vaporfly um i don't have an alpha fly here to show you but i would say that seems to be more of the go-to shoe for you know your elite semi-elite type runner Yeah, so that's, yeah, look, it's often um, like a lot of things with shoes, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of per personal preference. I know you guys have played around a little bit with, you know, the Alpha Fly and the Vapor Fly. Um, yeah, but I'd say the trends that I'd see would be more, you know, the Alpha Fly, probably more your, you know, your everyday weekend runner. And then the, the Vapor Fly seems to be a little bit more for those faster runners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, the last question we had here uh, from Sarah, who I coach, she asked, um, how many pairs of shoes is too many? <laughs> I don't know about that one to you, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a running joke in the shop with uh, how many shoes I've got. Um, <laughs> look, I, it's a good question. Yeah, it's a good question in that it probably highlights how shoes shift low when we run. So we, we can't change the amount of load that's going into a runner's body through one shoe to another. Like, you know, if a runner weighs 60 kilograms, that 60 kilograms is always going into the runner's body and being dispersed somehow, you know, uh, you know up, up through their body. Um, but different, different shoes will, you know, influence how we, how we might shift load through our, through our body. So, you know, again, if I pull out that, you know, like the, the streak here, like quite a you know, minimal kind of offset, you know, quite low to the ground, you know, naturally a shoe like this is probably going to load more, you know, a runner's Achilles, calves, you know, that, that area of their, their body. Whereas, you know, a shoe of, you know, higher stack, you know, a little bit more of a rocket feel, maybe I'll use the, the glide ride for this. You know that that's really going to take a runner's load away from from that rear foot, um, but potentially kind of put it put it elsewhere. Yeah. So I think when it comes to your rotation, you just always want to be mindful of you know are you shifting load too much from a day to day basis, um, and you know the areas where that load is going, you know is your body kind of strong enough to withstand that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, you know, there's obviously pros and cons to, you know, to, to having various shoes in your rotation. Just want to be mindful of, you know, how those shoes work for each individual runner. And I know you talked about in the last episode about support shoes as well. So maybe there's a role for them 
on some for some runners that are doing a bit more higher mileage, maybe on the second run days or um, yeah, I wonder if that's something you've um, if, if that's invincible. Would that be sitting in there as well as a support shoe? Um, not so much a support shoe. I mean, I don't actually have a support shoe here that I can kind of show you what's different about them, but it's 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 often through this the medial column here of a shoe that on a support shoe you'll see like a, a much firmer denser foam or maybe okay. even like something external that's been added added to the shoe. Um, another feature of a support shoe is often often through the midfoot here you'll see like some type of truss that really kind of adds a bit of rigidity to to the midfoot there because that's probably where a runner tends to become unstable through their gait is through that that kind of midfoot section so by you know adding something in there it just means the shoe isn't going to be as flexible and unstable through that part yeah um but look i think you know it, it, it's good to have different shoes in your rotation it's good to actually mix up um you know the, the load on the body you just want to make sure that you know you're shifting that load to an area that you know can withstand that yeah so always make subtle changes with your um with your rotation if you are introducing a new shoe yeah yeah there's so many there's such a variety out there um of shoes these days i feel like it's just expanding so much like every month there's just a new type of shoe coming out yeah. um, I mean, look you could have you know if you had five shoes that had the same offset similar stack height you know similar shape and everything there's probably going to be min very minimal risk there but you're not really going to get much benefit either out of um you know the, the different functions of that shoe on your body um so it'd be more you know, I suppose the kind of risk factors you'd be looking at is like you had two shoes that were like 10 mil or 12 mil offset, and then you had two that were might have been like four mil offset. You can kind of see there how that's a, a quite a significant change in, in a shoe. So yeah, just want to make sure that you're you're okay with that that change when you're using them. Yeah. Awesome. And weight, weight, sorry, just to weight's probably the other thing that's you know is a kind of like a different factor with a shoe. You know, obviously you're going to have less weight on those faster shoes, a bit more weight on those daily trainers. So, um, but I reckon that's a pretty safe thing to, to play around with. Yeah. You're not going to have too much risk, you know, having one shoe that might be 200 grams and another shoe that's, you know, 330 grams. Yeah. Fantastic, mate. Uh, always great to have you on and they can, uh, listeners and, uh, can come down and, and visit you down at the, the Yarraville Running Company. And uh, also you're coaching a lot of people at the moment. So the marathon, there's still spots open for you with uh, Melbourne Marathon programs. Yeah, about, what have we got? About 11 weeks to go. So yeah, still um, in the early stages, but mm. yeah, yep. a lot of people are pretty accountable now with, with their training, which is good. And um, yeah, no doubt a lot of people got out yesterday on the Sunday long run and yeah. stuck the uh, two hour restrictions. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks very much, Sammy, for uh, for jumping on and showing us your, or probably like I don't know, a fifth of the collection of your yeah. <laughs> around, hanging around. Yeah. Um, yeah, very appreciative of your time, and uh, yeah, taking us through um, yeah some of your rotation as well. No pleasure, guys, and uh, good to see the dogs down here haven't <laughs> haven't uh, interrupted. So uh, all good. Yeah, good stuff, Sammy. Thank you. Yeah, cheers, Zaka. Cheers, Matty. That's right.